Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Well, hello. It is great to be with you. Today, we are going to be talking about the great shift. If you are listening to this in real time, it is January of 2022, and we are experiencing what has been called the Great Resignation as it relates to work uh, this past year during the pandemic, So, which means that large numbers of people are quitting their jobs for a variety of reasons. And I've been reading different news sources and magazines, and according to all these sources, over a million people have quit their jobs since April. And what astounded me was I read that 95% of workers are considering quitting their jobs with the biggest group of that landing in the ages 30 to 45. And as researchers are kind of diving into what does this mean, it's not necessarily just about wanting a higher pay or more time off, but there seems to be this larger question going on of why is it exactly that we're enduring the daily grind? What is the meaning of our work? Why do we do work? And so as a result, we've sort of come into the space that um, some folks are calling the great shift. We're shifting our questions. We're shifting our focus of how we want work to look like. And so today I'd like to talk about how the contemplative intersects with the great shift, because I think that there's a lot that the contemplative life has to offer. And it's probably not surprising, but these articles that I'm reading name burnout as one of the number one reasons that people are leaving. And there's an interesting book that I've not read the whole book, but I heard an interview with doctors Emily and Amelia Nagoski, and their book is Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. And they identify three main components of burnout. And so um, I'd love to talk about those today and unpack the three components of burnout. And so the first one, let's begin with, it's emotional exhaustion is what they name as the first component of burnout. And so I'd love to hear from us. What do we think about emotional exhaustion? I feel like I totally get it. I resonate and I sympathize with every single human that has quit their job and said, what else can possibly be in the world? And actually, I think this trend will extend you know, I've even seen people posting about, you know, all their activities that come after work having sort of come back into play and feeling too tired at the, man, we were going on this cycle that we can't sustain, but I think no less true in our work. And so as people have made that choice, I am just, I'm such a cheerleader because I think for years I've been sitting in my own experience of, man, I feel tired and how do I get this in control, I guess. Which I kind of, because I like control so much, I try not to utilize that word. But how do I find a rhythm that really works? And so emotional exhaustion, it it creates this problem where now you're just grumpy, usually with the people that you love the most, the people closest to you, the people that you could really be yourself with. Only instead of really saying, I just feel so stinking tired, right? You're saying something else like, you didn't do that, and you didn't do that, and why do I always got to do everything for you? Yeah, <laughs> right, Because it's just flowing over into the very next things. I am, I feel people, I am so with you. Yeah, I think something that comes to mind for me is, you know, this whole idea of emotional exhaustion is the, the ability to, to be able to even name one's emotions that they might have. So I think 
a lot of people aren't really good about naming their emotions. And so I think exhaustion can occur because we have all these feelings running through us at any given moment. And because we don't take the time to actually talk or think about the experience that we're emotional about, we just let it sort of stay in us and sit in us. And if, you, if you're holding all these emotions because of your, your circumstances, your, your experiences, I could see how that would lead someone to exhaustion because there's no, there's no outlet for it. There's no way to release what it is that you're feeling or even to name it and identify it and then move forward. So I think that's something that comes up for me as we think about you know, all these people that are emotionally exhausted. I think it, life is at, at such a pace that there is no time to contemplate. There is no time to evaluate. They're just sort of taking life as it comes to them and it leaves them exhausted as a, you know, as a byproduct. Yeah. And I think during the pandemic, and of course, we're still kind of in some of the aftermath of walking through that, there's this, I think, hunkering in, let's just, you know, get through this. And I think there's a lot of resiliency that human beings have. And I think that burnout tends to be a gradual nature, right? There's an erosion of the soul. And so it's not like we, you know, one day we're fine and the next day we're not. There's just kind of this chipping away. And I think both of what you guys are talking about, there seems to be a cumulative effect of that. And then finally, we reach that point where we are emotionally exhausted and, and can't can't do it anymore. And it's interesting because, you know, the cure for burnout is rest. And that can mean different things. It can mean, you know, physical rest, replenishment, renewal, mental rest from all the stresses, et cetera. And when we're in that grind that so many of us are experiencing, that cure, it's really hard to come by because we're not taking the time to have those pauses, those breaks, those reflection times, because we're just going at that fast pace that you are both mentioning. So um, that feels very real. As I'm listening to you guys talk, I'm thinking about what does it mean to, because we don't often know how to say what we even need, right? So if, if your job says, oh, in exchange for working super long hours, we'll have a pizza party. A pizza party is not what you need, right? And so it feels very difficult sometimes to be able to just say to somebody, I don't need a pizza party. I need rest. I don't need to work all night long and then show back up at work first thing in the morning as if I had just had a good night's sleep, which uh, my husband has a job like that. He works in computers. If, if things go down, you, you fix it all night long and then you just turn right back around and show up the next day. Pizza's not going to solve that problem for people. Yeah. And I think CEOs are, you know, I, I was listening to a podcast recently and, and we're working in like wellness days because they want to retain their employees because so many people are shifting. And you're right. If we're not creating that, we can name this is difficult or we have these situations and creating space for that. Again, the cycle just goes on and on. So, um, so yes, emotional exhaustion is our first component of burnout. Um, the second piece that they name is lack of accomplishment, lack of accomplishment. What do we think about that? Uh, I have certainly sat in this space many times, uh, and actually, it really helps if I can sit down and and get still for a little bit and kind of name out like what do I again? I guess what do I need in order to feel accomplished? <laughs> and I think just personality based feeling like I've accomplished something is really important, and that's sometimes easier to achieve and sometimes not. And and I can easily get in the to like such an exhausted space of getting overexcited about finishing a spreadsheet, like the things that don't actually matter as much to me. So even that can be a red flag for me. Uh, but to really sit down and name, 
Uh, what do I really need? And sometimes just in writing down some of that stuff, some of those grandiose things that were weighing on me and making me feel so bad can take they can become a little lesser than when I was sitting and letting it ruminate. But that still space is really necessary when I start reeling about this was supposed to be different in some way. I think it's important to consider what an accomplishment is to each individual, because I know lots of people that have these lists and to check off their list is, is something that feels really good. It feels like accomplishment to them. Uh, that does not feel like an accomplishment to me. But I think one thing that feels like an accomplishment to me is like making a new connection or having a new experience. Uh, and, and just because we're all so wired differently, we're just all wired differently. I think it's important to know what is an accomplishment to to you as an individual. I think we have people that are setting precedence for what an accomplishment is. And I think your own soul knows what is an accomplishment for you. I think that's important to get in touch with. Yeah, and I find it interesting, this idea of a great shift that we're shifting our questions and our focus. And so accomplishment is becoming less about and of course, you know, we, we do want good pay and solid hours and all of that, but what is this for? What's the meaning? Why am I getting up and doing this day in and day out? What's the what's behind this? Some something deeper, I think, is what it seems that society is craving in in some of these questions that we're asking. And so again, it's not necessarily even lateral moves of, well, this person's gonna pay me three dollars more an hour. It's what do I really want to be doing with my life and investing in those sorts of questions, which I think are much different than you know, some of the accomplishments type things that we tend to think of. And I think you're right, Chris, that does come in, in sitting with our own souls and being able to name some of that stuff, bringing some of that stuff out. I think one of the things that also kind of comes up for me in this, you know, Brene Brown does a lot of uh, work about shame and stuff. And one of the things that she says, I think scarcity, people are not really believing uh, the lie that we don't have enough. And she has this quote that says scarcity is the opposite of scarcity is not having enough, but it's that you are enough. You know, I think people are coming into that, that I am enough. And so if you're, if you're starting with that as a, a, a foundation of being or living in life, I am enough. And so therefore I want to do something that is rewarding. That's a, that's a great space for people to come into. So that's what comes up for me as we think about accomplishment as well. Yeah, And then um, the third piece that these doctors highlight is depletion of empathy. That as we are nearing burnout or in burnout, we no longer have empathy. So I wonder what you guys think about that. I feel like it is so completely another way that I can see if I'm feeling burned out. If someone is speaking to me and what's going through my head is I just can't, I can't hear this. I can't experience this with you, then I know, woo, I am too far, right? <laughs> I got to find myself again. And so I think that notion of burnout stays here, whether we're talking about our own personal emotion or whether we're able to invest in somebody else's emotion. It still is just all part of that burnout situation. Yeah. I think the depletion of empathy, I think the opposite of empathy is judgment. And I think, yeah, I think it's so easy just to go around judging other people um, instead of being curious or uh, having a, a, 
a mindset of listening to their experience or their story, it's just so much easier to cast these little judgments that we have on why people are the way that they are, why people do the things that they do. And so if it, it, because it's easier and because you don't have the time to actually listen to a story, I can see how the depletion of empathy is probably rampant in, you know, the workforce. And I think it's going to play itself out in, oh, that other department over there is busy tough. Like, <laughs> I can't take on anything. Like I can't be bothered with the fact that you have a problem. I have enough problems of my own. And it's, it kind of creates these strong silos and things just can't get done because there's not that sense of cooperation going on that, you know, really we were meant to be a communal people. We were meant to live in cooperation, but when we're too tired, we just can't we can't do it. Yeah. And I think part of why I wanted to bring this up today was just to, again, sort of name what's happening on a societal level. And even as I'm reading these articles and I'm thinking through, scanning through who I meet with in a given month, whether it be, you know, with some of my work with spiritual direction or cohorts that I'm involved with here locally, pastoring, et cetera. I'm like, you know what? Yep. I would say that's probably true that 95% of the people that I'm talking to have maybe at least considered quitting their job or shifting or doing something different. Like as I'm reading this, it's like, yep, I'm kind of scanning through people. I'm thinking that has been people's stories and just really live questions of, I'm not quite sure what to do, or maybe they're not to that point, but certainly um, kind of the three things of the emotional exhaustion, the lack of accomplishment and depletion of empathy. I think for some folks, it is like, I am at the end of myself and I need to stop and rest. And do I have the courage and the wherewithal to name that and to do that? And I think for others, it is, there is something in me stirring and longing for more and the paycheck and whatever isn't enough anymore. And I want to kind of go deeper. Thank you so much for this generative conversation. It's been um, really helpful. Well, this is the part of our podcast where we talk about what we are into this week. And I want to go first, just because I don't want Chris to steal, because we may be into the same things, maybe not, but um, I am into our new mattress. Oh, he is rolling his eyes as I say that. <laughs> um, we recently celebrated our anniversary, 21 years. And so we decided to splurge on this like amazing mattress. And not only is it like this cool mattress, but it like the bed elevates and you can like elevate up while you're reading or do your foot elevated. And it's like so fancy schmancy. And I like... I love going to bed at night because I can't wait to like get into my new bed and mattress. So that is what I am into this week. And I am physically into that as well. I have to be in the same bed. So, but that wasn't what I was going to be into this week. Uh, we had an experience uh, last week where uh, it, it's getting colder and there was an issue with our car and the battery died. And so we had jumper cables ready to jump the car, but for some reason, the jumper cables didn't work. And so I realized it's because the ends are rusty or whatever. And so, you know, I went through this super long experience of trying to uh, charge the battery so we can um, get it going. And so I have found these little handy diehard sort of jump starts that are wireless and you don't have to plug it in anywhere. You just put it on your car battery. I have been into these little battery jump starts. I've got two of them, one for each car. So if we are out and the battery 
because of the cold in Wisconsin, you got to really think ahead. You do not want to be stranded. So I've been into researching these little battery jump starts, and we now have one for each car. So that's what I've been into. Nice. I saw those boxes. I didn't know what they were for. And oh, you probably, amazing. she probably wouldn't even know how to use it if it happened anyway. I wouldn't, but so. I'm so appreciative that you are thinking ahead. Thank you. Okay. I'm having a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely need someone to pull over and help me too, or at least be able to have somebody talk me through it on the phone, but still how exciting. Uh, and the mattress, I think you just don't get a new mattress every day. So it is worth celebrating when one gets a new mattress. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm, I don't think mine is that exciting, but I am super into uh, turkey broth these days. So I part of the fun to me of making turkey is creating the broth afterwards. And I just find, I find it to be the best. And so we had done that and we froze a bunch of it. And so every time I have a recipe now that calls for broth, I'm like, ooh, you know, <laughs> I just get so excited about it. Uh, so much so, uh, last year I actually made three turkeys just to get more broth. So I think, I don't, I probably won't do that again. This year I was in a different space, but I'm going to savor that turkey broth for all that it's worth. Yum. That sounds really good. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. And as you may have picked up on, we really value community and relationship here at The Contemplative Life. And so we would love it if you took a moment to drop us a line, maybe tell us where you're listening from. We have these little statistic things that like show that people from like Europe and different parts of the world are listening to us. How fun. Who are you? We want to know who you are. So please feel free to reach out if you want to give us some love and leave a review on iTunes that helps others to find us. So um, until next time, make it a great week. Thanks. Mm -hmm.